Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast. My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF21 Sports. You can find my work on Twitter at ETOF21 Sports. On that platform, everything. Draft stuff that's going to be coming out starting next week. My Wednesday winner segment, which I'm going to come out with starting on Wednesday, where it's I'm going to be posting one person I think that's going to be able to take you and win you a fantasy football title. Sports betting, bitching about the Lions, bitching about the Red Wings, Pistons, bitching about everything else in sports. My five things from yesterday you can find on that account. On Instagram, at etof21sports underscore. That is strictly a sports betting account if you're interested in joining the team. 15 straight MLB winners, which I will get to later. Everything is there for that. For the fantasy football stuff, the five things about yesterday, at etof21sports underscore fantasy on Instagram. For free horse bets, Wednesday through Sunday, at etof21sports underscore horse underscore racing. Epic day, I believe, on Thursday. We had like four winners from Oakland. The early pick five at Oakland. One winner from Aqueduct. One winner from Gulfstream. All that stuff is free, so if you guys are looking to play the ponies, make sure you look there. Wow. What a motherfucking week. I'm not going to lie. I last talked to you guys on Saturday, and as I spoke to you guys then, I was starting to feel the effects from the second COVID-19 shot. So I had a 103 fever. I did my draft rankings and put the finishing touches basically on that for the rest of the day Saturday. And while I was in front of my computer, my right eye started to hurt. And it felt like there was an eyelash in it. So I played around with a little bit, do that little trick where you pull the eyelid down, you know, blink a little bit, whatever. And I just didn't think anything of it. End of the day, I go to brush my teeth. My right eye, where I had the ear ringing on the same side, was as bright red as the Chicago Bulls away uniform. So I start freaking out. I did a little research. I guess there was so much pressure with my right ear ringing, it caused multiple blood veins to pop in my right eye, hence why I had a red eye, which was freaky as hell. So then the next day I woke up, still had a fever, went down to 102, was 103 on Saturday. Felt better, and about 6 o'clock at night, you know, stuff stuff broke. So I started to feel a little bit better, but I still haven't felt right until this morning. This morning was the first day when I actually felt right. So it was a little bit weird, but it was kind of funny. Like my iPad busted, and I had to make an appointment at the Genius Bar, and I made it for Monday afternoon. So now... Keep in mind about my eye. Monday, I go in there, and as most of you guys know, me and the girl, we're no more. I broke up with her. She got a little cray-cray, you know, whatever. So I have this huge illustrious plan about getting back into shape. I'm weighing my food, going crazy on the workouts like you guys know I always fucking do for some reason, even though my playing days are long behind me. So I go into the Genius Bar, and the girl that's helping me is, you know, I'd say about 28, 29, cute. Dark hair, leg high, knee high, boots, jeans, you know, my type of girl, if you know what I mean. So I start talking to her and everything, and I start speaking my game, because I can be I can be charming. I'm funny and charming. I'll be the first to admit I don't look like Tay Diggs or Brad Pitt, but I can be charming, and I can turn it on when I need to. So, you know, I start turning on my little charm. She's smiling and everything. I... And my eye is looking better, but it must have been a way I looked or turned 
she immediately stops, starts looking at me like the hunchback of motherfucking Notre Dame, and she's like, what the fuck is up with your eye? So then I had to explain everything to her, and stuff kind of went from me pretend, pro, more than likely getting her number to her looking at me like I'm the fucking hunchback of Notre Dame. So that's kind of how the week started. But then Wednesday started. And for those that have part of the betting service and are following me, it's been a fucking run. Since the 13th, I have not lost a fucking bet. I am 15-0 in MLB, which is fucking beyond crazy. And I'm just seeing stuff right. Granted, I've got lucky on some plays. And I'm going to be honest, guys. I mean, I have a lot of people hitting me up for day subscriptions and everything, which is fine. And I'm telling you guys right now like I'm telling them. This isn't the norm. I'm not like the scammers on here. I charge you guys pennies on the dollar for my play. Everything is very cheap here. I'm not scamming anybody. Win or lose, I post. If I lose, I post. If I win, I post. Few people do that. And the people that do that, like me, are legit. And I'm telling you guys right now, I don't win every day. That's not the norm. And I have a lot of new people looking to come on the team for a day pass or a week pass, weekend pass, who expect that to be the norm. And I have to write it out for them and just be like, look, this isn't the norm. I'm in the middle of an epic run now. It's only a matter of time before I can't, before stuff starts cycling back to the norm. I'm hitting at 61% MLB right now, betting all fucking dogs, which is fucking absurd. So it's just a matter of time. So if you are thinking about hitting me up, please keep that in mind and we'll have a very open dialect about it. You can ask anyone that has messaged me about coming on the team. I'm just being straight up about them. But that kind of brings me to the betting industry. So here I am, you know, just me. I'm not Mr. I I take on a sponsor to shove it down your guys' throat so I can make money like most people on here. You know, I just do me, try to help you guys out, make some money in a minimal minimal cost for you. And this run is an epic run. I can't even get fucking bet stamp to put me on top of their leaderboard, which is absurd to me. Every bet on there is verified. I message them like, hey, you know, I just trying to understand how this works. This guy goes, well, is your stuff verified? I'm like, yeah, it is. And I take screenshots. I go, everything's verified. Here it is. I'm understanding why I'm not on the board. No response, nothing. You know, I love the app. I think it's great. It helps me do my thing. But in terms of that, I think it's kind of a little BS and it goes in the people that run its favor or people that ha- that they have deals with. And then you look at these TikTokers. You have guy TikTokers that come out with these little TikTok dances. Women TikTokers are doing the same thing to try to hook you to place these bets that are just shitty ass fucking bets. I'm just going to be straight up. If you parlay an MLB and you're not getting the normal plus 260 odds when you do two bets, it's a shitty fucking bet. I'm sorry. Even if it hits, it's a shitty bet. It is possible to win a bet and it be a shitty motherfucking bet. And I'm just telling you guys straight up, I've been doing this for a while. I have a way to do stuff. If I do a parlay, I want to get higher than that plus 260 odds. At a minimum, I'll take that plus 260 odds. That's the motherfucking minimum for me. And you got these people posting parlays at even fucking money. It just blows my mind. And then you got these TikTok girls with their tight little skirts doing fucking dances saying about this. It just shows the industry. It just shows me, excuse me, where the industry is and where it's heading. And that's why I'm just in my little corner doing my little thing. 
there's two things with sports betting I care about. Number one, getting income for myself. Number two, the people that pay me for my service, getting them money and educating them how to do stuff. You can ask anyone, no bullshit. I tell you guys straight up, this is what we do. This is why we're taking the bet. And I feel that people that are part of my membership, they have gotten better sports betters because I have been teaching them the ways about how I bet, why I bet, and what not to bet. So that's my betting rant. Let's jump right into the show. Guys, we have a great show today. We have, at the end of the show, Brandon from Off the Poets Boston Sports. We're going to come on. We're going to give our NASCAR bets for the NASCAR race in Richmond. I'm going to talk about this whole crazy fucking Aaron Donald situation. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the NBA and stuff that's going on in the National Basketball Association. So let's jump right into it. So the stuff going on in the NBA is crazy right now. Unfortunately, we have a lot of players dropping like flies. Jamal Murray, hate to see it, ACL. Mitchell, last night or yesterday afternoon, hurt his ankle. So what happened was, and I talked about it on the That's What G Said podcast hosted by Gino Bacala. Thank you, Gino, for letting me come on and spit my crazy thoughts about sports on your show. I really appreciate it. This is the dog days. And so a couple things are going on. Number one, the owners and the players. I'm seeing a lot of people on social media badmouth the owners. It was the players as well voted to have this many 72 games in the season because everyone wants their fucking money. And they voted for the playing game because why? People want their fucking money. A lot of people are blaming the owners, but the players voted on it too. So you get all these games rushed into a compressed schedule. These guys' bodies are falling apart. The added pressure of the playing game means more games where people will rest. Players are going at it more and giving more of an effort. It's just crazy. And then you have these random games with these good teams that are so far up, like the game Wednesday. The game Wednesday on ESPN was pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. Between the 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets. Nets, no one was playing on the Nets. No Durant. Because it would have been a back-to-back. I mean, and for the first half, that was like a preseason-level effort. 76ers, yeah, they turned it on the second half, close to the victory, but whatever. But honestly, they did this because they're trying to generate more money and get people to watch the regular season. That's how they generate more money, more higher viewership during the regular season. And that by having these teams on there that are the quote-unquote superstar teams, it's not a good thing because nobody on the superstar teams is playing. They're all taking selective days to rest. The Wednesday night game of the day was the Grizzlies and the Mavericks when Luka hit that three-pointer to win it after my boy Grayson Allen, he's not my boy, missed two three-throws. NBA should honestly look into flex scheduling. Like, with how everything is with COVID and seeding and everything, this would be a prime opportunity for the NBA to go into flex scheduling more so they can ship out games if you know Mark T guys aren't playing. They have all these Laker games with Dennis Schroeder being in the face. Dennis Schroeder against Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, the NBA is really up against it. And I think they realize, like, hey, more isn't necessarily better. I mean, the playoffs are right around the corner. I think the playoffs are going to be great because everyone's going to be playing. But right now, these are the dog days. It And why are they the dog days? Because right now, historically the season will be shutting down. Playoffs will be starting next week. 
No, that's not the case. Playoffs are going to be starting in May. And NBA players, just like us, they're a creature of habit. Their bodies are used to, hey, this is when we need to start shutting down. They start reeling in a little bit. And then you see they have three more weeks. And then you factor in all these teams. Rockets don't want to win. Thunder don't want to win. Fucking Timberwolves don't want to win. Because they want to get one of those draft picks at the top of the draft. Because, guys, I'm telling you. You got Suggs, Cunningham, Mobley, Jalen Green. I believe in those four players. Anything after that, a little motherfucking suspect. A little motherfucking suspect. I don't believe in those players like I believe in those four. Now, those guys, those teams I mentioned, they want to get one of those guys. The only bottom team that I see consistently battling in and out are the Pistons. Pistons, last night, they started three rooks. Killing Hayes looked great. He was my pick for rookie of the year, got hurt. All you people coming at me, where were you last night? Stewart, big guy, rebounder, and Bay, sniper, sharpshooter. You throw a Mobley in there, a Cunningham in there. That would be motherfucking insane. Insane. But I don't know because they're trying to build the habit of winning. And I've talked about this numerous times. With these teams, these bottom feeder teams, you have to build the habit of winning. You look at fucking Cat. You tell me Cat knows how to win? Cat doesn't know how to win at all. At all. And speaking of the Timberwolves, one of my buddies mentioned this to me. I broke up with my girlfriend, and what do I do? I start weighing my food. I start going back to the playing days, like working out twice a fucking week, waking up, yoga, cardio, lifting, come at night before I go to bed, another cardio session on the Peloton, and some ab work. A-Rod breaks up with J-Lo, what does he do? He buys the fucking Minnesota Timberwolves. So I guess that's the big difference between me and A-Rod. He handles it by buying a billion-dollar team. So, But anyway, like... Back to my original point. With the NBA, there's so much stuff going on. You have teams wanting to lose. Teams, like, trying to protect their superstar players. Teams fighting for the play-in game. And let's be honest. A lot of the teams, they don't want to play in the play-in game. And I get the idea. And it worked out great in the summer. Because they had all that time off. And they only had a limited amount of teams there. But now after a 72-game sample size, you're telling me you really need the play-in game? And like I said at the beginning, this is to draw revenue from the television market playing more meaningful games. But if the games they show have teams that are in the top that are resting players, it's kind of counterproductive. So I really think the NBA should go to kind of like a flex scheduling moving. Another thing, it's kind of funny, like, I love it. You know, everyone's allowed to their opinions. And I tell you guys my opinion. I think I've earned the right to tell you guys my opinion based on the history I have with sports and stuff I've done, accomplished, betting, and just I've said, hey, guys are good, guys are bad, and it usually turns out that way. So I think I've earned that right. And my preseason comment was, with Trey Young being the point guard, it's going to be hard for the Rockets to be successful unless they build the team a certain way. And... I still stand by my comment. Everyone's like, well, look at what they've done. 20 and 5 since they, 20 and 6 since Lake McMillan's come on. Well, guys, two wins against winning teams. Two. One against the Lakers right at, when LeBron went down. And then one against the Heat right after the coaching switch. So 
we kind of need to pump the brakes on the Hawks. Yeah, they're a good story. Yeah, they're playing better. Young's bought into a little bit more, playing a little bit more within the offense. Defensively, they they are playing better defensively. They funnel everything into Clint Capella like the Jazz do with Rudy Gobert. But still, when you have Lou Williams and Trey Young, and there's going to be times in the playoffs when those two both are going to have to be on the floor, you can't hide both defensively. You just can't do it. Hypothetically, let's say they're playing the Bucks. Bucks have a lineup on the floor of Portis, Giannis, Middleton, Holiday, and DiVincenzo. Fine, you can put one on DiVincenzo, but who are you going to put the other one on? Holiday? You put one of those on Holiday, it's over. It is over. One of those guys cannot guard Holiday successfully. So that's kind of like my point. Yeah, they're playing better. Yeah, they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I'm going to lose my under... 35 wins. I get it. That's fine. I was wrong. Whoop de fucking do. But I still agree with my point. This team isn't going to be dangerous in the fucking playoffs because they can't play defense. And they just happen to be beating teams that they should and losing to teams they should. That's all that's going on with them right now. And then one more NBA thought. Everyone talks about how underrated Booker is. And I mentioned this in the Gino Bacala podcast. Is there more? I, John Moran is the most underrated player in the motherfucking league right now. Everyone's talking about book this, book that. Moran has the Grizz in position to get in the playoffs in the West with their second best player, Jaron Jackson, haven't played one motherfucking game this year. What other team can say that? What other one of those guys that are on the top 25, under 25 can say that? You look at the Pelicans. Pelicans have Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson. Team's a motherfucking train wreck. And both of those two play. And they're higher than John Morant? Are you motherfucking kidding me? You have LaMelo Ball, who hasn't done anything. The only time he's been a winner was in high school when his brothers were on the team. And when he goes down, the Hornets 5-2. Gordon Hayward goes down. Hornets can't win a game now. So everyone wants to comment, oh, LaMelo, LaMelo's the reason. No, no, Gordon Hayward. Watch the fucking games. It's Gordon Hayward, not LaMelo Ball. And John Morant is behind him? Are you motherfucking serious? This guy impacts winning, and that's what it's all about at the end of the day, more than anyone on that list. He hits guys driving to the basket. He doesn't even improve his jump shot. He can get to the rim. He And he understands when a guy is feeling it. When a guy is feeling it to get him the ball. Yes, I understand Tatum did that last game, one game all year. And everyone's like, oh, Jason Tatum, blah, 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 blah. Guys, there comes a point we are who we are. All season, Tatum hasn't been hitting the open guy when twos run at him. John Morant has. Marcus Smart goes down, Celtics fucking suck. Jackson, Grizzlies' best player, goes down, battling for a playoff position. It just you just guys have to sit back and look. And John Morant is going to win titles, multiple titles in this league. You can tell right now. Get Jackson, get more pieces, get Winslow healthy. Memphis Grizzlies are going places. I really love what the Memphis Grizzlies are doing. And they hit a home run of a fucking pick getting John Morant. So that's it for my NBA talk. Big announcement. Once the NBA playoffs start, Shay from All Eyes on Sports She's going to be coming on every week, and her and I are going to be talking about the NBA playoffs and stuff, 
what we like, what we're seeing in that. So I'm really looking forward to that. Now we're going to finish today's podcast like we always do. Brandon from at Off The Post Boston Sports on Instagram is going to be coming on the show. And him and I are going to be talking about our NASCAR bets for tomorrow's Sunday's big race. So now let's welcome Brandon from at Off The Post Boston Sports from Instagram to the show. Brandon, how you doing, my man? Doing good. And yourself? Dude, I got no complaints. Summer's right around the corner. You know, stuff's starting to warm up. I'm finally over my reaction to the second COVID shot. You know, I got no complaints, man. So That's awesome. And um, for this segment, it's perfect timing to say we finally have a race weekend that has no rain in the forecast. I mean, that is great because I'm an old-ass man, and I can't be staying up that late anymore. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. But that's good to see. And also, like, these delays, Monday with work. I just never really understood, like, why NASCAR... If they look at the forecast and it's like, okay, it's scheduled for X, why don't we just move it up two hours and move it back two hours? Why, why do they never just make the call right then? I've, I've never understood that either, and a lot of it has to do with there's multiple races in a row, uh, like trucks or Xfinity, and you have crew members that are working both races and then working the cup. Um, they canceled the other week at Martinsville because by the time nobody had hotel rooms, by the time everybody drove from Martinsville, Virginia to Mooresville, North Carolina, or Charlotte, North Carolina, then they would have had to turn around. They would have got home at 4 in the morning and then turn around and gone back up there at 10 in the morning. And they're afraid of safety issues at that point with no sleep and so on and so forth. But I'm with you. I'm shocked they don't look a week in or not a week in advance, but three or four days and say, oh, we're going to get rain from 2 to 6. Let's go ahead and start the race at 10 in the morning or 11 in the Especially now with limited capacity. You know what I mean? I think yes. it would just be easier to do it. And then if you're able to get that going, fans just get used to it and so on. It's just going to be easier and easier to uh, to have moving forward. Uh, speaking of Martinsville, uh, what did you think of that race? I thought it was a great race. Uh, I was hoping uh, we were going to be able to cash in with Chase Elliott. But uh, we came up one position short. Uh, I hate it for him. But uh, once again, Truex gets a win, and so far this season, we've had a single winner every week for the first seven or eight weeks. Second time it's ever happened. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. And Truex is obviously, I'm looking at DraftKings right now, he is the heavy betting favorite. He's all the way down to 4-1. to one. And just the way I bet, I can't invest 4-1 to one on him at all in a, in a race. <laughs> No, they're heavy on him because this is one of his good tracks. Um, he's, he's been successful here for a while. But again, 4-1 to one in the NASCAR race is not what I'm looking for. You want to give me 4-1 to one when it's uh, the Buffalo Sabres against any team in the NHL? Absolutely, I'll take that. But in NASCAR, that's not a good enough return for me to even invest in. But uh, right behind him, and it's hard for me to say that because right behind him at 6-1 to one is Denny Hamlin. And I just feel Denny's due for one, so I'm kind of riding high on Denny. Uh, but again, his his odds are only 6-1, to one, which aren't far off of Truex. And that brings up something you and I were just talking about before we hopped on. This whole live betting thing has kind of changed the way we can all bet sports. With how runs are and people fall up and down, pit strategy and whatever. You're going to be able to catch Hamlin 
if you have the odds up during the race at 10 to 1 or higher. When I was Correct. watching the Martinsville race, there was a time Truex drifted up to 12 to 1. And I think he closed that race about 6, 7 to 1. So if you guys like Hamlin, my my suggestion is have whatever sports book you use, FanDuel, DraftKings, Bovada, whichever one offers the live odds, have that one up. And then as soon as Hamlin gets up to that 10 to 1, lock him in. Correct. And one thing that I would invest in if you guys are looking at live betting for $25, uh, download the NASCAR app. The app itself is free. It shows times, laps, everything, so on and so forth. But it also allows you to get live in-car radio of any driver that you want. And if you are going to do live betting, it's 25 bucks. It's great to have an ear in a guy that you like so you kind of know his strategy that you wouldn't know per the broadcast because they're not going to announce it over a broadcast. Not at all. And also you can hear if, like, so-and-so, Logano, Logano, Harvick, Brad, whoever – has issue, doesn't like their car, whatever. Because a lot of the times there's so many, like, races, like, not racers in the the race itself, they're not going to make a special announcement like, hey, blah, 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 like, is having issues. So that's that's another important thing. Um, real quickly, the speed figures from short tracks last year. Fastest, Brad. Number two, Joey. Three, Kevin. Four, your boy, Chase. Five, Martin Truex. Speed figures for last year at Richmond. Fastest was Harvick. Second, Brad. Third, shockingly, Austin Dillon. Fourth, Truex. Five, Logano. I have two people I really like. Um, number one, Kyle Busch, plus 900. Average finish on short tracks, 6.17. Four wins. Average finish at Richmond, 3.6 with two wins. What do you think of uh, Kyle Busch this week? I like him. He's another one like Denny. Uh, Denny's been consistent. Kyle has not. Um, Kyle's due for one as well. It's just, it's so awkward. I didn't think me and you would be talking six, eight weeks in, and you've got people like Hamlin, Kyle, uh, Harvick, Chase, these big guys that are consistently up front every week without a win. So... I'm going to definitely, 9-1, to one, I've said it before when Kyle was 10-1. to one. Anytime you can get Kyle Busch, one of the best drivers on the track, at a high number like that, absolutely invest in him. Even if the st- statistically he doesn't look like it's his track, if anybody can make changes to a car on the fly and be competitive, it's him. He is also jumping in the truck series in about five minutes to run a truck race at Richmond. So he's going to have those those laps, whether he's behind a truck or or a cup car. He's going to have the laps this weekend. So I do like Kyle. Uh, you brought up Brad. What is Brad sitting at right now in your book? Brad is plus 750. That's a little too low for me. I mean, I would yep. kind of look at him a little bit odd. But, yes, historically he has done well here at Richmond. But I just – I don't know. With the way I bet, like, unless I really like someone, like I really like Chase last week, that seven to plus seven fifty is way too low for me, and like he's one of the guys I'm going to be watching him to maybe try to catch live at ten to one or higher. Yeah, I'd rather double, double up on Kyle and his odds before I put anything on uh, Keselowski at at seven fifty to one. Now another person I like who's we can everyone can agree maybe he's Father Time's finally catching up to him, but his performance this season has been a disappointment. Is Kevin Harvick? 
I locked him in at 11 to 1. Average finish at short tracks, 9.72 with one win. Average finish at Richmond, 5, but he has never won here. What do you think of Harvick? Um, Harvick's been in the running to win a couple races here and has just had really bad luck at the end. Um, once again, we go back to the whole conversation that he is also due for, uh, for a win himself. Uh, don't know why he hasn't been able to pull the trigger. Don't know why he hasn't been able to get into victory lane. I'm wondering, to your point, when you talk father time, we watched Jimmy Johnson over the last two, maybe even three years, just start to fade away. And I don't want to say it's age with these guys because you see some of these guys racing into their high 40s. But I don't know if it's how much. Let me backtrack. So these guys, when you look at Harvick, Johnson, those style of drivers, they were so used to jumping in a car and running what they had. Now with the technology and the adjustments, I I think the car has changed per their driving style. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, like, it's just new technology. Like, it kind of is what, like, our parents are going through right now with cell phones. Like, my parents still have a landline for some reason. I don't know about your parents, but to accept the cell phone as, hey, this is going to be our prime, this is going to be, like, the main landline right now, you know, like, it's just the new technology. And, like, maybe they are having a hard time, like, buying into it and getting used to it. If you think about it, you look at the championship last year with Chase, you look at the guys that are consistently finishing up front right now, they're all young guys. And I know a lot of people are thinking, well, what's the difference in technology when you have a steering wheel and pedals? When you have in-car adjustments, back in the day, you couldn't make an adjustment until you're on pit road. And now these guys are able to make uh, brake bias adjustments and so many different things change throughout the race that they can alter in-car. I don't think the older guys are adapting to it like a lot of people would think. No, I mean, it's definitely how can I, I know for me, like, I have to have kids like coach, like, show me, like, a, how an app works before I get used to it. You know, as crazy as that sounds. So I get it, what you're saying, and it's kind of up on them to kind of make make the change. Um, So is there anybody, those are the two guys I like, two bets I have locked in. How about you? Who, who do you like this week? So I'm big on Hamlet. Uh, or yeah, big on Hamlin. I feel he's due for one. This style of track, he's been good at. He's always been consistent at short tracks. Once again, he is six to one. So if you are planning on betting Kyle, I wouldn't bet Kyle and Hamlin. I would almost double up on Kyle. Uh, sometimes I do like to spread it out to where I have multiple options. But again, I'm not big on six to one odds. Uh, he is starting up front. He will have the car to stay up front. Um, Larson's a sleeper. It's shocking because he hasn't necessarily been consistently good at Richmond, but he's starting towards the front. His odds are only seven to one. So I've always got those bookie thoughts in my head, or Vegas thoughts of why do you? What do you guys know that we don't know? Because if you had me lay out a top five, I wouldn't have thought of even putting Larson in there. Um, I'm riding Kyle with you. I, I do agree with that. Um, if I had to have a sleeper pick, uh, the, the odds are really high. I do like Alex Bowman at 33, 33-1. Okay. Now, um, that's my dark horse. All right, you, you go Bowman as your dark horse. I will go my dark horse. I'll just go Austin Dillon. I mean, that speed fact. His speed rating is pretty high at this track. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll go him. Maybe they can work out some pit strategy. 
because he snuck out wins before in races he had no business winning. Um, now I got three people I'm going to fade. Not all head-to-head matchups are up because the race is tomorrow. Number one, I'm going to be fading Ryan Blaney. I know the, the kid's a machine, one of the bright young racers on the circuit. But historically, he hasn't done well here at Richmond. Average finish of 20.4. What do you think about fading Blaney in head-to-head matchups? Uh, I like it. Um, I wish I could give you guys more insight with him because uh, I want to call him a good friend, but a guy I consistently chat with on a weekly basis is Ryan Blaney's spotter, Josh Williams. And I've talked to him before to try and get some insight, but of course, even though he's... He's a good friend of mine. We, we just don't discuss that stuff. So I, I, I have a little bit of heart wanting Blaney to do good just because of him. But uh, I don't mind fading him at all. He's shown signs of good, but then it's gone to bad. I haven't seen a true overall performance from him. Uh, so I would absolutely fade him. I'm still fading Bubba. That That's a given. Um, Bubba's on my list, too. I'm fading Bubba. Average finish at 23.4. I'm just not buying the hype with this kid at all. I, no, I think he's a subpar done. racer it's at a best. Done. The, the, the ride for Bubba is over. It, it, it's it's done. Um, he probably won't ever be out of a car. I could see him maybe moving to another team and another team. But uh, he hasn't shown anything ever for me to want to throw money on the guy. Oh, nothing um, at all. I think I won one Xfinity race with him, and that was the one he barely won because he was running out of fuel and his fuel strategy just happened to work and he kind of limped into the finish of them. So now one guy, I'm not going to pick him for this race, but I want us to keep an eye on him on a weekly basis. Cause for the last couple weeks, he's shown some really good speed and that's Daniel Suarez. He was good on the dirt track, led about 48 laps. He started running really well last week. I believe if my, memory serves me right he ended up getting into some trouble but and i'm not saying bet on his odds are 150 to 1 i don't see one in this race but when you talk about a dark horse that we might just want to continue keeping an eye on just on a weekly basis it's going to be daniel suarez i mean he's at i never thought i'd say that he's at 290 to 1 top 10 i mean that may be worth a little a little cheddar plug but absolutely i didn't see that absolutely um Uh, but he has his back against the wall. I mean, he came up. He was in, who, what car was he in? The 19. Stuff didn't work out right. He did well in Xfinity. He's a talented guy. I just think his back is against the wall, and he knows he's racing for his racing future, and he's thriving in the pressure situation. It is, and we talk about consistency. I mean, you have said it like a broken record. We always talk about the equipment they're in. He's in a brand-new team called Trackhouse. They don't have the best stuff. But for whatever reason, the last two weeks, the man has driven the wheels off the car, and I'm very impressed by it. Don't know if it will go anywhere moving forward, but I just wanted to drop that little seed because the last two weeks have been awkwardly surprising. I mean, last week he did get – he was running good, like you said. He got spun out. His car was out. And I do respect any man that will throw a water bottle at another car. So, I mean, I definitely like that. Yes, yes. (laughs) I definitely like that. Um. (laughs) Another guy I'm kind of looking to fade. I'm sorry, I got four guys I'm looking to fade. Blaney was one. You mentioned Wallace. I'm looking to fade Matty D. I mean, five races here. Average finish, 21. You know, not his best track. 
what do you think about feeding uh, the old 21 car? I'm a big fan of Matty D. Um, but to your point, he had a great season last year. But so far this year and at this track, it's, it's inconsistency all over again. Now, we've talked about it before. He is technically a one-car team in the Wood Brothers, but that car goes through Penske. So he does have Brad and Logano, but I don't see – yes, I'm with you. Fade Matty D. And then, I could go on a tangent about him, but we don't have enough time. And another guy I'm looking to fade, um, Chris Buescher. Uh, average finish, 26.6. You know, he's been running good, like you've mentioned a couple times on this show for the year. But, I mean, historically he hasn't done good at this track. I mean, I haven't really seen anything that's going to make me change my mind that he's going to do well at this track. No, not at all. Fade him. Um, and I'm going to continue fading him until we get back. Well, when I say continue, we're back in Talladega next week. So, Fletcher right. will be a guy that the odds will be high. It will definitely be someone, him and Ricky Stenhouse. So remember those two names because we will be bringing them up next week. Oh, yeah. Next week is definitely going to be a Stenhouse and um, Busher week. Why don't you – you have some – the truck stuff with the iRacing has been going well with you. Why don't you tell everyone about the uh, iRacing situation for you? Yeah, I got some really good news, guys. Uh, I was able to get picked up by a team, uh, CGE. Um I'll have it posted on uh, Boston Boy 83 on my Instagram uh, later this week. They're doing a new paint for me. It was supposed to be done last night. They're working on it today. Um, got you on board. Got Studio Displays, the company I work for, on board. Uh, about four or five other sponsors with the team. We're sitting 108 out of little over 1,500 drivers. Got to get in the top 70. We have Talladega coming up next Thursday, which will be awesome to watch in general. Um, next Thursday at 9 p.m. So Twitch slash TV or Twitch.tv slash Boston Boy 83. Um, we have a really good setup. We've been testing last week. We have another test session tonight at 6. So uh, just everything's gone from really bad to really good in about a three week span. Got some great teammates. Um, it should be really, really exciting, guys. So I'll make sure I post it, and I know you'll post it as well. So we'll have the link up and everything for next Thursday. But if we can just stay clean and not be affected in the big one, there's a good possibility we'll be in the top 70 at the end of Thursday. And now you have teammates to work with, so that's great news. You know, me and everybody and my boys will be uh, trying to root you on with your continued success. I appreciate it, as always. Brando, thanks for coming on. Hopefully we can catch some bets. Rare week. I think last week was the first week we didn't hit a winner, right? No, we didn't. We, we thought we almost we almost potted out with uh, Chase Elliott. I was hoping for a yellow at the end, just as a personal fan, but also for money. But uh, I think we'll be all right this week. We can rebound, and then we go into Dega. And guys, remember, Dega is when you bet on the dark horses all day and you cash out big. Yeah, because at the McDowell, he won the uh, 500. So yep. anything can happen in those races. Like Brando says, you just have to avoid the big big one. Brando, thanks for coming on on Saturday, um, giving up part of your weekend. Why don't you tell everyone again where to find you? Off the Post Boston Sports on Instagram, Facebook, Boston Boy 83 on my personal Instagram and uh, Twitch.tv.
TV slash Boston Boy 83 for iRacing. Awesome. Best of luck. I'll make sure I post the link. And uh, let's uh, cash some tickets tomorrow, my friend. Yes, sir. Let's go. Thanks for Brandon for coming on, spitting his knowledge about NASCAR. Always appreciate it. He's going to be on here throughout the whole NASCAR season. Taking time out. Make sure you guys support him with his iRacing. He's giving you guys winners. Give him the support. Also, before I end today's episode, I just want to touch on this Aaron Donald situation. This whole fucking thing is crazy to me. You have this guy who says that Donald beat him up at the club. There's an after-hours club. Donald beat him up. Okay. Goes into the Pittsburgh police office, files assault charges. Now, it came out yesterday that Donald's lawyer has footage of this guy being drunk, bumping into Donald in the club, trying to get in an altercation with him inside the club. Security throws him out, him waiting outside for Donald to come out of the club with a beer bottle to go after him. The guy goes after Donald. Donald thinks it's a gun, so he pops him and pushes him to the ground. And then all of Donald's boys come and start just beating the shit out of this guy, to which Donald fucking starts pulling motherfuckers off of him. And now this guy came out and apologized, saying that he thought it was Donald, and it turns out it was someone else. I mean, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, this story is some crazy-ass shit. And shit, I just can't get over. I mean, just let that sink in. So this guy was drunk enough to try to fucking try to fucking fight Aaron Donald. Now, granted, maybe he didn't know who he is, but obviously, since he did pull charges, he probably didn't know who he was. I mean, that just blows my fucking mind that that guy would do that. Thank God there's security footage, because this would be a classic he said, she said thing, which Donald would probably have to pay out a loose sum. Which brings me back to something that How I Met Your Mother all taught us. Nothing good happens after 2 a.m. Nothing good. You're at an after-hours place. Hell, it's like fucking almost 4 a.m. And you have a drunk guy trying to fight a famous athlete. And everyone wants to be athletes. I have friends that have played in the NBA and have played in the NFL. And they've played professional tennis. And I never really experienced the bullshit they went through until I hung out with them. You have people trying to start stuff with them all the time. So everyone's always jealous of the pro players, but they don't understand the other side. Not being able to go out and simply just enjoy a fucking meal and not have people come up and constantly interrupt you. It's crazy. It is honestly crazy. At the All-Star game last year in Chicago... Me and my buddy, we went to the steakhouse with a couple other guys that played in the used to play in the league. And, I mean, it was just a revolving door of people just coming up, interrupting dinner, you know, wanting to get pictures, wanting to get autographs. And that gets tiresome. And that's why when I see an athlete, I mean, I'll give them the nod, but that's it. I won't rush up to them because this is their time away from their job, away, trying to get away, just trying to be everyday people like we are. And a lot of the times what happens is us in society put these athletes up on a pedestal and we kiss their feet and 
just do all the shit and they just can't enjoy a normal fucking life which is like really sad so everyone wants to be an athlete until you see the other side of it i just wanted to give my two cents on the aaron donald situation i'm glad it played out i want my boy stanford to win a ring and if goddamn if donald had to sit out because this was true jesus christ that defense would be awful because we all saw what happened in green bay when donald got hurt and couldn't be on the field I just wanted to get my two cents on that. Guys, thanks for tuning in. As always, like, subscribe to the show, leave a, leave a review, you know, whatever. Let's hope to cash some tickets. MLB streak is going strong. One play for the 1 o'clock hour has been sent out. So hopefully we can see if we can get to 16. Stay safe, be well, and I'll be back next week.